0: Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Brown. And here we are at Vintage McCoy. We have a great night as we look at the Canadians coming unhinged. Stick around. In the spirit of God, moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Together, we will make America
1: great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. I'll hear all of us the advance of human you know, liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You believe in miracles but because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. Oh, One small step for man. All the be able to sing with new meaning. My country tears at sweet land of liberty, of thee We shall pay any price bear any church, uphold any foe to ensure the survival
2: and the success of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders
0: of freedom. With the
2: unfounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph, so help us God. Hold these truths to be self-evident, that
0: all men are created one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to What's happening up north in Canada right now? Unbelievable things that not only has COVID brought this nation to our north, nation to the north of us in this incredibly uh, draconian lockdown type of situation with its borders and uh, mandatory quarantines. If you come in or out with a 14-day period, depending on your test, it is still going on as the rest of the world's trying to open up. Well, it'll probably be closed down in the near future with the Delta variant coming on the scene. But there's a lot more going on north of our border. And that is, recently there has been the discovery of unmarked graves, mass graves of indigenous children that were involved with school programs with Catholic churches and Anglican churches. And because of this, it is fueling the outrage that was already anti-Christian, anti-church, in much of the area of Canada as we have brought to you a lot of footage, whether it's uh, art Uh, Polowski, who was arrested on the highway after having church services, or Pastor James Coates, that they built a uh, fence around his church for having services. We have another segment as a church, as police come into the church and lock it down tonight. But to bring us up to speed and, and to show you some various clips, some 45 churches having been burned in these last few months, check out this reel.
2: Another 182 unmarked graves have been discovered near a former boarding school for indigenous children in Canada. Over a thousand unmarked graves have now been found in the country. Many children disappeared without a trace. We know that the harm caused by the legacy of these institutions plays out today. I have spoken personally, directly uh, with His Holiness Pope Francis to impress upon him how important it is. Not just that he makes an apology, but that he makes an apology to indigenous Canadians
1: Preliminary findings suggest the remains of 215 children could be buried at the Kamloops Indian Residential School. Researchers have identified at least 4,100 children who died.
2: Churches have been either destroyed or damaged in suspicious fires.
1: Nation, the latest in a spate of suspicious fires. Means that everybody in this village. arson and vandalism being condemned by Indigenous leaders. And as fire destroyed an Anglican church across the... What is
0: happening with the woke movement in Canada that is a little bit ahead of us here in America, there is this need to demonize the past, to bring this uh, sense of, of humiliation about our past that now, today, we must pay for. And we're going to talk about that as we move towards the conclusion of our segment today. Really, you either have a victim culture, a victim mentality in your life that enrages you because you're a victim at every turn, which is the indoctrination of the whole woke movement. It's a part of uh, critical race theory and this neo-Marxism that is coming into... basically deconstruct, disrupt uh, the culture here in Western civilization. And so when we have things like these discoveries that have happened up in Canada, first of all, you need to just acknowledge, hey, if there's these mass graves or these churches through the last 100 years or last 200 years of history, Obviously, if you have children's schools, you're going to have sickness and disease, especially in generations before uh, medical technology has accelerated. You're going to have unmarked graves. You're going to have, um, now, mass graves are a whole different story, and I'm not sure that they'll be able to get to the bottom of that. But unmarked graves are just something that is part of all of... um, primitive history. And by that, I mean the last 100 years. I actually worked in a cemetery for three years. I was a granite monument designer and builder. I sandblasted the headstones, birth date, dead date, and put them in the ground. So we had at our cemetery, which was modern, we had unmarked graves where people couldn't afford a headstone. So Uh, On a piece of paper, we knew who was in plot so-and-so, and and if people wanted to put flowers there, they could ask the office and we would identify that spot. They simply didn't have the money. If they did something that was primitive, like wood or this or that, then it just deteriorates, weather destroys it. So first of all, this uh, rhetoric that unmarked graves is uh, somehow tragic in and of itself is just not so when people are poor. Uh, my grandfather, during the Great Depression, worked at a state mental hospital in Missouri uh, through desperate times of uh, ended up going to work there. And then he moved away and was out in Idaho for 50, 60 years. And he went home for a family reunion with my mother. And now at this time, he's 85 years old. And he took my mom to this state school and out back the people through sickness and various things, people had died at that school. And because he worked there, he buried people. And because their resources were limited, they were unmarked graves. And so the uh, people that were in charge there at that time, they said, hey, there's these unmarked graves. Could you identify them? And my grandfather was very sharp uh, mentally. And he went through and my mom said he just described all of the people that were interred or buried during that period of time that he was there. He remembered their names. He remembered what they had died from. And uh, even though 50 years later, uh, we don't always have that kind of oral history that could transfer 50 or 60 years as my grandfather brought. But it didn't mean anything nefarious was happening there. Limited resources, Great Depression, people die, and those things happen. So I'm not saying those things to say what took place in those indigenous schools uh, it, it, if those children were abused, if they ended up in those graves because of some neglect by the, those. And, and the other aspect of it is, I guess they were taken by force, which that's an, an evil thing in and of itself. Taking children from any parents should be uh, condemned outright. So I, I want to join in on that. But this has now fueled this whole woke movement to now set in the crosshairs the church. And as I was reading some of these stories, the problem is now some of these white Antifa type terrorists that are burning down churches, some of these churches that they're burning down are actually, actually indigenous people now. And they are loving the Lord and going to that church because they're a part of a faith community And it's the same thing that happened when Black Lives Matter was burning down businesses, but they're going down the street and burning down all these businesses that have black owners and employees. How's that helping the cause? But you see, when you enrage any group of people with an ideology of drudging up the past, now you condemn the past from bad behavior and you learn from it, and you have a new future. And, but if you want to live in the past, if you want to go through your life as an individual, as a family, as a nation, and look at all of the skeletons in the closet, you can work yourself up into an enraged lather every day of your life and attack people that are now carrying on a, a better life and giving back to their communities, but condemn them because somehow they're connected with that ancient past, this Canadian pastor is uh, well. He's actually from Vietnam, but before we get to that, look at this uh, note from CBN. It says, "As." Uh, This is Christian Broadcasting Network. CBN News reported terrorists have also targeted other churches not affiliated with the Roman Catholic Church. Last week, the building housing the House of Prayer Alliance Church in Calgary was set on fire. The congregation of 230 people has been unable to meet in the building due to the fire damage. We are refugees. We escaped from Vietnam to come here to get more freedom to live, and we think it was a good country, or we thought it was a good country. And now it happened to our church, Pastor Nguyen said. Maybe it is not safe to be here in Canada compared to Vietnam. This is the same story that Art Pulowski, Pastor Pulowski, came from, uh, Poland, who was grew up in Russia dominated Poland, and he came to Canada for more freedom as well. People fleeing to America for more freedom. And yet, through this season, now add on top of the corona or COVID-19 virus shutting down churches, while bars and cannabis shops and abortion clinics, and other th- everything else, Home Depot, and Lowe's, and uh, Costco, these are all necessary services, necessary workers, but the church that brings faith, hope, and love to people is not considered necessary. So these are all weapons, if you will, arrows in the quiver of the enemy of our souls, man, it's demonic, to attack, whether it's from past grievances, which if there was bad things, we repent, we ask for God's forgiveness, we ask for people's forgiveness, and we move forward. We don't continue in this victim mentality, and we also don't hold a generation that did not perpetrate these sins or crimes, hold this generation liable for what happened 100 years ago. Well, in this weird upside-down world, that's exactly what people do. If you had a tweet. 10 years ago that was bad, you had an Instagram, you had some um, off-color statement that you made 10 years ago, and that's drudged up from your past. It's as if nobody can live in a forward motion and a cancel culture. So if you can cancel the church culture and condemn it all because some bad things happen, or you want to cancel entire nation's liberty like America because some bad thing happened in its past, give me a break. Life is always in front of us. We look back, we learn, we apologize, we repent, whatever we need to do if we were connected to it. And we look forward to a better day so that we can leave a better legacy. Here's a clip of a pastor that they had uh, red paint thrown all over their doors, like a picture of blood, like blood on your hands, but blood on your doors. Check this out as he just thinks about just leaving it there for a while.
1: Red paint remains on the doors of Calgary's Grace Presbyterian Church. Its pastor says the church is still not sure how best to respond.
0: We're even thinking about maybe leaving the paint up for a while, just as a way of not trying to cover this up, but recognizing that we have a, a, a place in this in this story. So we have a place in this story. A place in this story like, like what? In the sense of... Um, I imagine that pastor there did not bury any children in the backyard of the church. And yet, if his church had that history, then I could see as a representative for that church saying, hey, man, we got a bad history. We want to face up to that, but we're moving forward, and uh, we have this great program for children to get today. You see, it seems so logical. It seems so rational. It seems like that's the way all of humanity that is healthy, in a sense, wants to move forward. And they want to move forward with fresh life and new life without the shame and the drudgery of dragging this big bag of sin for all of the history of the family, all the history of their nation, all the history of everything that's ever happened. You see, that's the reality that we see in people's lives that are trained to become victims. You are victims there must be an oppressor, you are the oppressed, and now rise up, be filled with rage, and find somebody to hate. What a sad story. Well, as we move on, you see, this clip shows Trudeau condemning the violence against these churches, which I, uh, I take my hat off to Trudeau because he's not very pro-Christian or pro-church, as we'll see in a moment. But on one hand, he can condemn this violence. And on the other hand, they're passing laws with this COVID, draconian, crazy overreach to shut churches down. So look at the junk position of these two thoughts and, and see... Basically being able to talk out both sides through, one, what he's saying, on the other policies that are going on in the nation of Canada.
2: Uh, It is unacceptable uh, and wrong that acts of uh, vandalism and arson uh, are, uh, are being seen across the country, including against Catholic churches. One of my reflections is I understand the anger that's out there against the federal government against institutions like the catholic church it is uh, real and it is fully understandable given uh, the shameful history that we're all uh, becoming more and more aware of uh, and engaging ourselves to do better uh, as canadians burning down churches uh, is actually depriving people who are in need of grieving and healing and mourning uh, from places where they can actually Uh, grieve and reflect and look for support. We shouldn't be lashing out uh, at buildings that can provide solace uh, to some of our fellow citizens, but we should be every day committing ourselves, each and every one of us, to the hard work we need to do to actually rebuild a path forward that uh, reflects the terrible intergenerational trauma and uh, present-day realities of suffering that are uh, that we are all collectively responsible for
0: so all collectively responsible for you face history you acknowledge it you don't sweep it under the rug you don't try to make excuses for it you simply condemn condemn bad behavior And you honor good behavior. And sometimes that's actually in the same person. This person did these bad things. We condemn those actions. This person did, the same person did some good things. We honor that because he did good. Every single human is a mixture of those good and bad qualities. Now, in this clip, he said that, hey, why burn down churches if uh, people could go to those churches and have experienced healing uh, and comfort, and well, it's hard to do that if they're they're closed, right? The other thing that's happening here in Canada that while Christian services are being increasingly targeted and shut down because of COVID and the various things, and now add on top of that these, uh, the churches that are being burned and attacked for an indigenous uh, past with children and unmarked graves, those things, um, citizens journalists have been filming mosques that are operating freely, as reported at Rare. Now, these are the things that we're watching. We understand that, hey, the, uh, the Hindu culture is anti-Christian, The Muslim culture is anti-Christian, and now we have thrown in the political world as anti-Christian, and that's all coming from the academic world that is anti-Christian. So Christianity, from their perspective, is a white man's religion, It's a part of the critical race theory that you have to disrupt the narrative of the good things about Judeo-Christianity and you have to deconstruct. So the whole point of postmodernism is you disrupt narratives and you deconstruct them and you tear them down to rubble so that ultimately the government can move in in a socialist regime and be the supreme authority. Now, with those thoughts in mind, uh, it's not just, you might just think, hey, you guys there at Vintage McCoy, you're saying these things. Well, as we look north, even Tucker Carlson at Fox News, also a conservative guy, but they're reporting on things up north too. Look at this.
1: Well, it's not getting a lot of attention in this country because we don't give Canada any attention at all. But all of a sudden, Canada looks a lot like the Soviet Union. Seem like we're exaggerating a little bit. Well, they're burning Catholic and Anglican churches in recent days. Leftist groups are. But Canada's leaders aren't condemning the burning of churches. No, they're endorsing the burning of churches. The head of the British Columbia Civil Liberties Association, a monster called Harsha Walia, tweeted this, quote, burn it all down. Then a close confidant of the prime minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, a man called Gerald Butts, called the arson, and we're quoting now, Understandable. A woman called Heidi Matthews, meanwhile, of Harvard Law School, described the attacks as, quote, the right of resistance to systemic injustice, burning churches. Now, this is not the Spanish Civil War. This is now in Canada and not just churches. Writers just tore down the statue of Queen Victoria in Winnipeg on Canada Day.
0: So in this woke movement that is taking place, uh, tearing down the, the statue of Queen Victoria and The head of the Civil Liberties Organization in Canada, in British Columbia, said, burn it all down. And I'm not sure what her persuasion is, her uh, ethnic background, uh, or her religious background, but when she says these churches are being burned Here, a person that is in charge of a civil liberties organization is about civilians having freedom in their societies, liberty in their societies, to live according to their conscience, worship according to their conscience, not be condemned. Because now, isn't it a strange thing? People are condemned until they're proven innocent. In our culture, at least uh, what we were Our whole civil liberties processes, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, but now it's all upside down. And these churches that are being burned, uh, I'm sure, I mean, I'm not 100%, I haven't been there, I haven't documented it, but these churches that have been operating there for the last 10 years or the last 20 years, even though there's a history from 100 years ago, uh, of what might have happened there. They are not doing those things. They are offering love, a faith, hope, and love to communities where they're at now currently, giving a better heritage to their communities. And yet this whitewashing, hey, you've got some darkness in your past, therefore burn it all to the ground. It's really a very twisted perspective. Now, I've discovered something in simple uh, apologetics, and that is when somebody makes a strong statement. Though so there's there's a, a dark past, therefore we should burn it all down. Now, if I just turned your argument around on you, and I applied it to you, I imagine this person that is the head of the civil liberties organization. If I went through her past and I found out all the dirt on her, and I said, okay, burn her life to the ground, get her fired. Take her off Instagram, do whatever. Because you see, she's got failure in her past. Now, none of us can bear that kind of burden. A person can't bear that burden. A family can't bear that burden. And neither can a nation. Well, as Canada is wrestling with the one issue, burning churches because of these unmarked graves, these mass graves of indigenous children, which, once again, i got to say it all the way through, otherwise people will think... I'm not condoning this. I condemn it if it was bad business. But unmarked graves alone doesn't mean that it was bad because poor people or people with limited resources just didn't mark graves back in the day. Now, you mix that together with, let's go after the churches that are simply worshiping and bringing comfort. You remember Trudeau? Now, this is all in the same time period. Trudeau's not wanting churches to be open. They're not necessary. But he said, hey, don't burn churches where people go there for comfort. They go there for community. They go there to be encouraged and built up. So don't burn down their churches. Well, what good is it if you went there and the doors are locked anyway? Because this story recently happened in Canada also after uh, Pastor Art Pawlowski was arrested This church, it looks like a group of Mennonites, and they are uh, going to be shut down because of COVID-19. Watch the police. What's it like to be in a church service and have the police come in and have the sheriff announce what the the church is going to be changed? The police line up and they bring with them a locksmith to change the locks on the doors so the building will be locked. Look at this.
2: All around is sinking sand. All around is sinking sand. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. Just read a scripture for you two.
0: So the police come in, and uh, I'm teeing it up here. The pastor's going to read a passage from the book of Daniel when Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were ordered to bow down. And uh, he's going to read this, <laughs> this passage of scripture. And he's basically saying, we're not going to bow down. God wants us to come together and worship him, to share his word. We need to be able to obey God rather than man. So look at the pastor with the, uh, a police force lined up in the audience.
1: Verse 17, if it be so, our God, when we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. But if not, but if not, be it known unto thee. That we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Amen. That's a prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you this afternoon that you are our God. Thank you, Lord, that with real love in our hearts, we look at these officers, Father, and we pray for their souls. Lord. Surely they feel your presence, yes. Yes. and Lord, they know what is right and what is wrong. Yes. Now, Lord, help them be present they go
2: home tonight. Help them to realize and never forget, and Lord,
1: save their souls, so that we can all go to heaven. And Lord, please forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Let us, pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please go ahead, My name is David Miller. Here's a mic. I'm a court enforcement officer, commonly known as a sheriff.
0: I have a valid court order here today requiring the sheriff, that's me, and the assistance of the police to vacate everyone from the building, and we will be locking the building. I'd ask for your respectful assistance in this, and everyone leave, please, in an orderly fashion.
2: This would be of great assistance to us. Obviously, I know this is an upsetting circumstance that's
0: come to rise. If you would, please, kindly, all leave the building at this time. We would appreciate it. Thank you so much. There will be... Wow. Can you imagine? The sheriff and his deputies coming in to shut down your church... This is, in a sense, in our program, in in a segment where we're touching on Trudeau saying, hey, don't burn down the churches because people go there for comfort. They go there for a sense of community. Now, on the other hand, the Canadian laws that are shutting them down because of COVID during this period of time, changing the locks. They brought a locksmith to change the locks on the doors. And yet these passionate believers making a stand, they're going to lead the church and their churches there in Canada are eventually going to be underground because no matter what building they go to, when they're discovered, what are they going to do? The cops are going to show up and uh, lock their doors or run them off. So the church is going to start being on the run, if you will, in Canada. It's it's unbelievable. Every day I wake up in this season of life, whether I look to the north or I look to just the north of us, not even beyond the borders, but last week in in San Francisco that a bunch of stores had to shut down uh, almost at the same time because there was a coordinated shoplifting spree of people going into a bunch of stores because there's no law enforcement. Hey, let's do the smart thing. Let's defund police. Are you out of your mind? People are lawless. If, if, if there's not laws and law enforcement officers, you are going to have anarchy, and that's what's happening in the city of San Francisco. That is what's happening um, in all of these defund the police, liberal ran and or le- I should say leftist ran cities, while the people that are the leaders in those cities pay for private security thousands of dollars to keep them safe. But what about the citizens that they're supposed to be representing? It's unbelievable. The illogical perspective and the ideology blows my mind. Well, as we back up a little bit and we wrap up just with a couple of thoughts here at the end, let me just ask you, are you a person, I don't care what color your skin is, we're all part of the human race. Are you a person that goes through life embittered and enraged by past wrongs? And you hold those things against people? Or do you know, I, I don't know, there's this miraculous word that God has given to us. And when we experience it and we give it to others, it brings incredible freedom. It's called forgiveness. You know, we need to experience personal forgiveness. We need to experience personal forgiveness from God. When we need to extend forgiveness to others, even that pastor, he was praying for those officers and he said, Lord, they know not what they do. Forgive them. They know not what they do He is praying for their salvation, praying that God would do a work in their lives. It tells us in Ephesians chapter four, verse 31 and 32 says, let all bitterness, all that bitterness that's destroying your life. All the bitterness that's destroying our nation. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. This is the beautiful thing about God's transforming work. But I've observed even in people's lives that are not Christians. That they have this experience that, hey, I just discovered I had to forgive my stepdad. I had to forgive my mom. or I had to forgive that coach. I had to forgive my, my coworker because it was just eating me up on the inside. You know, all of us have these skeletons in our closet. All of us could be victims and act like we're just, we're angry with people's failures, This picture that you're going to look at right now is a picture of my stepdad that I had just started the seventh grade. Now, two weeks into my seventh grade year, this guy's picture, who was my stepdad, hit the front page of our local newspaper as I started my school year. And it was the story of Anthony Martin Hoke, Tony Hoke, my stepdad, and he had just stabbed a guy five times in a bar fight. And so (laughs) obviously people knowing that, you know, it's small community rumors come back and, and you're the jailbirds kid. Now, before my mom had married him six years before that, he had just got out of prison for armed robbery. And through my life and, and all of the garbage you go through, through a real brokenness and dysfunction and all that stuff, I, I could have harbored a lot of bitterness towards him. But, you know, I became a Christian at the age of 19. And uh, even before uh, I had become a Christian, I had uh, forgiven him and, and let stuff go to where we were starting to build a new relationship. You know each one of us can play the victim card. I could still be wallowing around and um, all the verbal abuse and the garbage of my life and playing this victim. I meet people all the time that they're still in their victimhood. And now we are in a culture that is using postmodernism to actually indoctrinate victimization, victimhood. And have this chip on your shoulder towards people because of the color of their skin. And people at the highest echelons of academia, of politics, even coming out of our own White House, are endorsing this kind of mentality. It is destructive. It is demonic. It will destroy you personally or your family or a nation. It will destroy it. But if you turn that around, and you let go of that bitterness and you let go of your victimhood and you forgive and you move forward and look at people as being created in the image of God, no matter what color their skin is, the amount of melanin in their skin does not change how we interact and care for one another in a civilized society. But the backwards primitive upside down teaching today, is taking us back to the dark ages of racism on steroids. Micah 7, verses 18 and 19, gives us such incredible hope in God. Who is is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage, he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. We serve a God that delights in mercy. We serve a God that wants to bury our sins in the depths of the sea. Jesus died on the cross to pay the full penalty for all of my past stuff. And if you want to destroy my life by bringing up my past and canceling me with cancel culture today, you can do that, but I have to allow you to do it. And I'm simply not willing knowing the grace of God and knowing that we are not a people that if if we resist this disrupting deconstruction narrative of critical race theory. And we understand from God's perspective, because this is our Christian worldview, as it says in Acts verse 17 or chapter 17, verses 26 and 27. This is what the Lord says about all peoples. He has made from one blood, every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, from one blood. We are all a part of the human race. It doesn't matter what color our skin, what language we speak, what nation we're from, this is the truth of God, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. God is uh, declaring that we all came from one set of parents, We're distributed in nations around the world with different borders and geography and it's changed over the years through all kinds of wars and tragedies and awful circumstances, but the entire plan of God, it says, that we might grope for him, that we might look for God, that we might have a relationship with Jesus and experience the forgiveness that sets us free from bitterness, that sets us free from victimhood, so that we, like Paul, could have this mindset. You know, this will change your life, change your family, or it'll change a nation when you realize what Paul the Apostle says Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. You guys, I haven't arrived. You haven't arrived. Our nation hasn't arrived in perfection. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Forgetting those things that are behind, I've faced them. I've repented of them. I've asked God to deal with it and wash it with the blood of Jesus. Now I've dealt with it. Now I'm forgetting that And so I experience his forgiveness. Then I can let go of it and forget it. And now I can drive. I can head into life free from shame, free from all of the humiliation that people are trying to dump on you and I. And we can look forward to a glorious future that God has for each one of us, has for our families, has for our community, has for our nation. And unless this generation wakes up and God's people rise up with this message of hope, that turns victims into victorious people. You see, individuals, families, and nations have a crucial decision to make. Are we angry victims, or are we a new generation of forgiven people that are leaving a better history behind us? Till next time, Rick Brown with Vintage McCoy.
1: Hey guys, thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at the Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.